So the Pentagon making a statement that the rule of, uh, or the idea of President Trump regarding transgender in the military will largely bar transitioning transgender troops and recruits after April 12th. Washington Times reporting that the Defense Department has approved the policy requiring uh, would require would require most individuals to serve in their birth gender. This has been an ongoing conversation, a conversation of do transgender troops create issue with units with cohesion of uh, the the units, or uh, is this a step towards trying to prevent? the military from being a place of social justice. Uh, joining me now, I'm Tony Katz, by the way. Should I say hello? Hey, how are you? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Hope Sec joins us right now. S-E-C-K is the name, investigative and enterprise reporter, managing editor of military.com. She has served in the war zones in Afghanistan. She's been embedded with Marines, uh, done work on amphibious ships and aircraft carriers. Uh, she knows uh, the military back and forth. Uh, and when the when the rule first came out, uh, hope uh, this idea from from President Trump. What you heard from then Secretary of Defense Mattis was, oh, "Okay, we'll take a look at that because there's right. a difference between the president putting something out and then how it, it is uh, implemented." It seems that the Defense Department here has taken that rule. They've looked at it. They have figured out how to implement it, and they are. Do I have it right, or am I off base? You do have it right. So something that we saw in the Mattis era, one of his sort of flagship policies was deployability. If you can't deploy within a certain amount of time, then uh, you need to be out of here. So I think the the thinking behind this policy and the way it took effect uh, has a lot to do with that, uh, you know, to say that we don't want troops to be sidelined for extended periods of time while they're undergoing transition or receiving medical treatment. Uh, the questions that you really just have to balance that with are, you know, just just how much of a, you know, so to speak, inconvenience to the military is this? Uh, you know, what's the actual cost? Uh, how long, you know, are, are tr- transitioning troops really going to be out? And, you know, how does that compare to other things like, say, pregnancy, uh, you know, other sort of health conditions that are sort of taken as a matter of course? So, well, so that's where we are as we kind of look at this new policy taking effect April 12th. So let's take a look at the couple of things that have been said on this subject. One of the things has been the idea of who pays, Right. So there's been an argument. Um, and, and I don't know if people would would equate uh, the idea of who pays with the idea of having child. But who pays for this surgery? Are people joining the military who are transgender so they can get the military to pay for the surgery? And then the follow up is what happens with the post surgeries uh, to what you're discussing, which is deployability? Um, is that the thinking of the of, of President Trump and the Pentagon, or is there something else going on? I mean, right? Because because I mean, I don't I don't mean to answer my own question, but it mm-hmm. seems that there's a whole uh, question of social justice. Is is the military the place to try out your your new social trickery? So you know you've got things in the past like uh, don't ask, don't tell, where it was very much. 
you know, like we don't want the military to be a social testing ground. I mean, there were people who said, you know, troops are going to be distracted in foxholes, you know, because their their counterpart is is openly uh, gay, you know, and is, is next to them with a rifle. Um, you know, so there was a lot there was a lot of fear uh, going on, and I think there's a lot of that similar thinking. And the question is just how similar will it be? I mean, when Don't Ask, Don't Tell went away, uh, the next day was sort of a a normal work day. And, uh, you know, you talk to troops and they say, oh, you know, it's just these these are my battle buddies and that comes first. So, you know, when people raise questions of unit cohesion, first of all, Unit cohesion is a big deal. You you want uh, morale to be high. You want people to trust each other. Uh, second of all, uh, you really need to show evidence that uh, that having these folks uh, serving openly is is going to damage cohesion. At this point, you know, I I haven't seen any evidence of that. So Talking you know, it's kind of like show me the show me what's happening. Right, show me the money. Right. Okay. Talking to Hope Sec of Military.com. I've had this conversation with people who have served, and they say the same exact thing you did. Because when I first broached this subject, I said I am not in favor of anything uh, that uh, interferes with, with uh, unit cohesion, and I'm not um, interested in the military as an, uh, a force for social change. The military has a job, and I speak about it crudely maybe compared to someone like you. Their job uh, is to, uh, to kill the enemy and break things. Right, a fundamental right. purpose. It's not uh-huh. to engage some level of social change. The people I spoke to are like, nah, transgender in the military never bothered anybody. So if, if there is no uh, unit issue to it, I have no issue with it. And I, and I do, to this day, have absolutely no issue with it whatsoever. But now that mm. the Pentagon has, has made this move, what is the, the fallout? Where are the pitfalls? And how is the military dealing with it? Great questions. So the Pentagon has shed a little bit of light on this this week. Uh, First of all, you know, the officials are estimating there are about 9,000 troops in uniform right now who self-identify as transgender. Uh, 9,000? That's what they say. And they say about 1,000 of those uh, are... uh, have what they call gender dysphoria, which, which is they're actually sort of uncomfortable in their in their uh birth gender and and uh and that causes stress and discomfort so so that's the the population and they say all of those individuals you know roughly nine thousand, they can continue serving they can transition they can get medical care uh so so that i think is comforting to a lot of people that you know i'm not actually going to be kicked out uh particularly because a few years ago uh, Acting Secretary of Defense Ash Carter said, uh, come out, serve openly, and we'll create policies for you. And uh, so very conflicting messages and, and a lot of people caught in the middle there. Uh, however, you know, if you are entering, you don't have a contract yet, and you identify as transgender and you do want to transition or have transitioned or somewhere along that, that spectrum, you know, the, the gender dysphoria definition applies to you. Uh, you're in trouble. You're not going to be able to get in. Right. So, so this so is not about no one who's in is going to be pressured out, pushed out, thrown out. This is about people who are enlisting 
if they uh, if there's a hormone usage, um, uh, the, the very concept of gender dysphoria, which the whole thing uh, in in psychiatric circles used to be gender dysphoria, and now they they've you know worked to find ways to manipulate what is a diagnosis. Um, those people aren't going to be allowed in, but nobody who's in is being kicked out, correct? That's correct. That's a hundred percent what they're saying. Man, I, so, I, yeah, I hope I can't imagine this is going to end well. Uh, and I'm wondering if 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 we both know people within, and you have more sources than I do, uh, who make the argument that there is no issue to unit cohesion, right? That doesn't mean that there right. isn't a, a unit here or a unit there that is more or less cohesive than the other. Um, sure. But if there is no true issue, connective tissue kind of issue, why the hell is the Pentagon doing this? What's the point? So what are they telling you is the point? That's a that's a great question. I mean, if you look at medical costs alone, estimates have been something like uh, $8 million, uh, which, you know, again, is, is a rounding error when it comes to the Pentagon, but days are still early. Uh, supposedly, they, they really did attack this from a research point of view. They brought on board all kinds of experts. Uh, but, you know, the, the president of the United States made it clear what, what he wants from the Pentagon. And, and that's extremely difficult to overcome. I mean, if I can make a comparison, uh, there were a lot of skeptics in the Pentagon when it came to the idea of Space Force, which is another uh, idea that started with the president. And they just dropped uh, the fiscal 2020 budget request, and there's money in there for a space force. It's going to happen. So, uh, you know, I, I think they, they tried to take sort of a, a moderated approach here. There are a lot of advocacy groups who say this is not moderate, this is not right. Um, but, you know, is going against uh, the, the executive is, uh, is a tall order. Going against the commander-in-chief is a, right. is a tall order. By the way, just, just before I let you go, uh, I happen to be somebody who favors Space Force. Uh, I think I think this is the right idea, especially when you take a look at China, the the landing of of um, drones, or, or I should say, of landers. You know, oh look, they landed on the dark side of the moon. No, 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 they landed in a way that they're trying to figure out colonization to the poles of the moon. I mean, I'm not I'm not even speaking in the ethereal here. This is the plan. Um, is the, am I the only person who likes Space Force? Are there people at the Pentagon who are like, finally, we're getting serious here? Or is this considered to be, uh, oh, this is this is some silly stuff? You are not the only one by any means. And, uh, again, the, the rollout of Space Force that, that you're seeing now, I think it's something that a lot of people can get behind. Uh, it's something where, you know, it's pulling from the expertise of the service branches that already deal a lot with space for example, the Air Force, um, you know, we've got a lot of this infrastructure already. So in a way, it's sort of realigning it uh, under a different command, giving it its own leadership structure and really kind of underscoring multiple times, this is important to us. And, you know, we're going to be, when we say fighting in space, it's, it's not Star Wars, it's not Star Trek, it's not what you think, but but this is sort of the, the next uh frontier of of a fight that we have to be in oh, look at you threw a frontier in there <laughs> nice well done yes, picard indeed. well done i appreciate it. that's hope sec from military.com uh that's where you find her that's where you find her work i appreciate you being with us i'm tony katz